It's time to go live at Lucian Live 2022 in Denver, Colorado, April 10th through 13th at the Denver Convention Center. Discover the innovative solutions, transformative insights, and strong connections to help you lead through change. Register at elucian.com slash Live and catch Elvin and I recording on-site live. We can't wait to see all of you. It's time. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again on 400 and something episodes of the EdUp Experience. Recently, recently, you may have seen me post on LinkedIn that we passed 125,000 downloads of the EdUp Experience podcast. We want to just say thank you to all of our amazing listeners, guests, sponsors. Whoa. Uh, we never thought we'd get to 125,000. In fact, we never thought we'd get to 1,000. Um, but when we hit 100,000 at the end of 2021, we started going, okay, could we get to 200,000 by the end of 2022? You know, I don't know. Well, all of a sudden, six weeks in to the, to the year, we're already hitting a, a 25,000 chunk and we're just blown away. Uh, and, and we just can't thank you enough. And thank you for coming on this journey we're committed to interviewing as many leaders in higher education as possible, particularly college and university presidents, CEOs, C-level folks of ed tech and business and industry. One of our very popular series is our community college series, hint, hint. Um, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Before I tell you who we have as a guest today, I want to bring in my guest host, my special guest host, her name is Erica Leodis, and she's executive director at AFIT. And there she is. Hi, Joe. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you, Erica? And welcome back. Uh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on 125,000 downloads. That's awesome. Thank you very much. And of course, thank you and AFIT for your support of our podcast, Erica, and you're one of my favorite people to have back here. You're always such a good sport when I hit the sound effects and, um, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we like to have a good time. And how are things going to AFIT, by the way? You know, things at AFIT are great. We actually just got back from Nashville. We were there last week for our CEO forum and reps meeting. And uh, this year, our learning design is built around talent and the future of work, leading with happiness and humanity. Uh, and we have four great learning partners that we're working with this year from Delivering Happiness, Greater Baltimore Medical Center, San Antonio College, the 21, 2021 um, Aspen Prize winner, and Great Place to Work. So we've got a really timely, relevant learning design and some really awesome learning partners that are helping, ex helping us explore those topics. Yeah, I mean, it's all about work, right? It's all about the workforce and things are going, I will say things are going crazy in the United States today. Um, I recently, as, as you know, Eric, I, um, before taking on my new gig here at Lindenwood University, I was in California and I still go back because my family hasn't transitioned yet, but I recently paid uh, over $6 a gallon for gasoline. And, uh, and you add in what's happening wow. with our, uh, our, let's say, our global relations with other countries and, and the, in our universe and uh, but interest rates going up. It's a crazy time. People, but, and, and the point of all that is people still need to work and we need to have them find jobs and we need to get them the education they need and upskill and reskill and so on. So to talk about this and many other topics related to education today, we have with us um, a trailblazer, ladies and gentlemen, not to put any pressure on her before she even says a word, but 
but that's what we do here at the Out of Experience podcast, right? And whenever I say something dumb, I end it with that. Um, so here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Her name is Dr. Teresa Felder, and she's president of Hartford Community College. Teresa, what is happening? Well, Joe, uh, thanks so much. I, I appreciate it. No pressure on that trailblazer comment that you made. Um, but I, let me just say that I, I'm excited to be here with you. And I'll add my congratulations to you on the growth uh, for your listeners, for your podcast. I've certainly listened to my share of podcast episodes, and I always walk away educated, informed, and more motivated to do the work that I do. Well, thank you very much. But it has really, we are the conduit. Um, for getting people like yourself on this podcast and getting your message out that other presidents and leaders want to hear what's happening. What are the innovations? What are the challenges? What are, what's the enrollment like? What's happening in higher education today? One of the things that we know at community colleges over the last, let's call it a couple of years, pandemic years, is we did see a drop out of, uh, of enrollment. Uh, re- there was a slight drop before, but certainly catalyzed by the pandemic and students were disappearing. Are things normalizing? Are you getting students back? Are they re-engaging? I dare I say, where's the wood? That's me knocking on wood that we're at the tail end of the pandemic. Now I'm at work with no mask on when I walk down the hallway. So it's like, whoa, what is yeah. this? I saw somebody yeah. for the first time. Anyway, how are students feeling and are you getting them back? We are getting students back. Uh, and as you said, you're uh, walk down the hall without a mask. We just recently were able to remove masks ourselves on campus for the most part. We still do have some exceptions to that, uh, but students are excited to be back on campus. Our faculty, our staff, we're all excited to see students again. And as you said, yes, the pandemic impacted enrollment, uh, particularly for community colleges. We serve uh, students that are many times on the lower end of the economic scale. So our students are sometimes working in those jobs that disappeared with the pandemic. Uh, uh, students that were working in retail or uh, working in restaurants. Hospitality. Right? He, those jobs just... disappeared. They didn't convert to being able to work at home. So we lost students who had to focus on caring for their families. And so for community colleges, our goal is to reach that population that either didn't come when they graduated from high school. Uh, so we lost a, a, a number of students that just didn't come. They went into the workplace as soon as they could uh, to help their families or students that were in the process of working on their uh, academic programs or training and they had to stop. And so we are trying to re-engage those students. All of the community colleges uh, are making an effort to re-engage students. Community colleges in general um, are really innovative as of late and post-pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Exploring uh, work workforce pathways, exploring right. maybe four-year degrees at some community colleges. In some cases. And we're not the junior colleges anymore. We're right. not the college of second choice. We're not the 13th grade. We are a, a definite path, mm-hmm. an intentional path toward toward getting a degree or upskilling that right. students choose and it's not an alternative because it's a right. choice. Is yes. that the state of community colleges today or is there more work to do to break down that messaging for the in the community? Well, there's certainly more work to do, uh, but absolutely community colleges, I believe following this pandemic are more critical than ever. 
So those students that, again, uh, that lost their jobs, they were in entry-level jobs. And community colleges, um, as you said, are innovative, but they're also very, very flexible. So uh, we are in the business of responding to the needs in the community. So as we look at our community here in, in Harford County, we're looking at what are the jobs uh, and we're making connections for those individuals that again are, are unemployed or underemployed in those entry-level jobs. How do we make you pandemic proof? We get you more skills. And so uh, we are we're doing just that. We are training individuals, community colleges, as you said, we can offer a welding certificate. We can offer the first two years of a bachelor's degree and sometimes a bachelor's degree in applied areas and everything in between. And that's the great thing about community colleges. We're creating that upward mobility. Um, we're, we, can be, we should be measured by our ability to have an impact on the social mobility for our students, their families and the communities where they live. And that's the real measurement of success for a community college. And we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to connect workers to employers, to bring uh, community-based organizations to the table, to work with our K through 12 uh, school systems to start those pathways early. Uh, we make those connections and we have a positive impact on the community for doing so. So uh, I'm proud to be in this community college sector because I can see the impact that we make and I can see that across uh, Maryland and nationally as far as the work that community colleges do. 100%. Well, Erica, thank you for putting in your agreement there. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to clear my throat. <laughs> <coughs> Go ahead, Erica, if you have any questions, but stop coughing first. <laughs> you know, actually, one question uh, that comes to mind is, you know, at AFIT, one of the things I'm hearing from our members a lot is that things that worked well before the pandemic aren't necessarily working anymore mm -hmm. or won't necessarily work moving forward. I'm mm -hmm. curious to know, what are some of those things for you at Harford? Right. What, what changes are you having to make to adapt to the quote unquote new normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think some of the change is uh, most community college have, you know, our traditional credit programs, and we have over 90 uh, credit programs here at Harford. Uh, and then we have a non-credit side of the house that offers that short-term training. Um, what we are working on is breaking down those silos. So creating those pathways back and forth. So if we have a student that maybe they did get a, a welding certificate, but they wanna build on those skills. Those skills may come on the non-credit side, but maybe that same student wants to now look at uh, management and needs to get a management degree. How do, we, how do we bridge those two sides of the house? We've gotta break down those silos. The other piece is uh, let's give students credit for what they know. So, uh, you know, traditionally we start everyone at the same place, but can we do prior learning assessment? Can we do some competency-based education where we say, what is it you know, and let's start you at a place and build on what you know already. Um, so I think those, those are some of the innovations in our space is to create those pathways back and forth. Maybe I have a student that started on the credit side and they dropped out, they stopped out. 
And we spend time trying to get them back to what they walked away from instead of saying, we've got other options for you. And so I think we have to do better about figuring out what is it, where is a student, where are they trying to get to and create those pathways uh, for students to, to get this training and the skills just in time for what they want to do and where they are in their lives. I like what you said there and it made me think that the we spend time in higher ed, we all do it, getting mm -hmm. the student back in exactly what they dropped out from. And if you look at other businesses, they don't do that necessarily. It's right. like, you know, um, think about Hulu, right? Um, right? For anybody that does streaming, you can get the full live TV streaming service of Hulu. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the 50 bucks a month to pay for it, and you only want to pay the seven right. bucks a month, Right. You can get the on-demand portion of Hulu that has certain shows that you could watch. Maybe some of them are older, but you still have access to Hulu. And then all of a sudden, and I'm thinking about this because from personal, like when my mother and father-in-law come into town, they want to watch the news. And me and my wife don't watch the news as much. We read the news on our cell phones. But my, mm -hmm. my, uh, my, my wife's parents like to watch the news. So then we turn on Hulu when they come. Right. And we turn it off the, the right. live when, when they're not there. And that's just a, a poor example, but the concept is the same. How do we keep you in the net? How do we provide safety nets for you to stay engaged and get some type of education without right. laying the degree on you necessarily right. uh, and getting you to go, you know what, it didn't work for me the first time. It's not going to work for me the second time until I'm ready, right? I mean, that's right. a concept. Well, and exactly. I mean, we, you know, with very good intentions, uh, when a student stops with us, uh, we do everything we can to get them back. And uh, again, we're trying to get them back to what they walked away from. We have options that we can offer. And so, so for some students, uh, and I think more and more students, they're not looking for that linear straight through, come out of high school and go straight into a, working on a four-year degree. I think there will be more mixing of work and learning. And so that means there may be, you know, you might get a, a credential, a shorter term credential work in the workplace. If we do this correctly, we maintain our relationship with you. We communicate with you. We say, you know, you, you got this credential, here's the next step in that pathway uh, to become more upwardly mobile, to upskill. And we continue to build on the learning and the training that students already have, uh, particularly for adults, adults now that are in the workplace. Uh, that uh, want to become more upwardly mobile, we can give them those opportunities through shorter term credentials, those micro uh, credentials where they're continually upskilling. With changing technology, uh, with uh, this knowledge economy that, that we have, uh, jobs are changing quickly. And I think community colleges are most poised uh, to help with the training that's necessary to continually build a workforce that uh, meets the needs of our businesses. Wow. Eric, are you hearing that, that similar messaging with the schools you're working with? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the many conversations that we're kind of having right now as we explore um, talent and the future of work. You know, we're looking at not only what does the labor market look like now, but what does it look like in the future? And, and how can our member colleges prepare mm -hmm. students to um, meet the needs of that future workforce? Um, one of the questions I've been kind of um, curious about, you know, you mentioned that 
people, your staff are excited to be back on campus. And one of the terms I think we've all heard a lot lately is the great resignation. Mm. And at our our meeting last week in Nashville, um, a new term surfaced called the big quit. And what we're hearing from so many uh, colleges and organizations is, you know, seeing the departure of, of so many key staff and faculty. And I'm just wondering if, if any of that has uh, impacted you at Harford. Sure, we've, we've seen some of that. I think we've been fortunate. Uh, it's not been disruptive to our, our business necessarily, uh, our business of teaching. Um, but yes, we've seen uh, individuals leave and it's not competition with other higher ed. We're seeing some individuals leave higher ed to right. go to industry. And it's very difficult uh, to compete with, uh, you know, people that can pay or industries that can pay 20, 30, 40% higher uh, than we can. You know, we are dependent on state and local dollars as well as tuition. And, and for community colleges, we make a great effort to keep our tuition low. Uh, so we have seen individuals that have left higher ed to go to industry because uh, the demand for workers is so great uh, and industry is able to, to step up and offer more than we can um, from a, uh, a salary standpoint in some cases. So, but like I said, we, you know, many of the, the faculty and staff that work here, they do it because they're passionate about making, making a difference. And certainly we want to take care of our employees. And so we're always looking at creative ways to ensure that we are taking care of our employees. We know that right now, you know, with inflation rates, with gas prices, the way they are, um, we are looking at ways to prioritize uh, our employees to make sure they're taken care of. And uh, so we're grateful as we budget for this next year, we're able to give raises a bit higher than we have traditionally to retain our employees. Well, Eric- Hey everybody, head over to www.edipexperience.com, our website, where you're going to find all of the episodes that we've recorded categorized so that you can ensure that you're spending your time listening to the podcasts that are most important to you. You're going to see the reviews of our podcasts, the shows in our network, our partners, and a section on starter episodes. If you're new to the Edip Experience, listen to those starter episodes and get a feel for how the podcast has evolved over time and our impact in the world www.edipexperience.com. Erica, hold that question because this is the part of the episode where we like to play a little game, and Teresa, would you like to play? Uh, oh, I love games. Us? Sure. Let's see. No, I'm testing out some new stuff here. Let's see what we're going to play today. <laughs> oh, lucky for you, Teresa. It is a uh, the, my favorite game. In fact, here it is. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Higher Ed Word Association with your uh, participants today, Teresa and Erica, who will also be participating, but she didn't know that in advance. <laughs> so that's what we like to do here at the End of Experience is keep it nice and fresh. I'm going to give you a word or phrase, and you're going to give me the first couple of thoughts that come to your mind, all higher sure. ed related. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got four. So Teresa, you go first, and the next one, Erica, you go first, and so on. Um, so we don't have to put the pressure on any one person. All right, Teresa. Here we go. Credit transfer. The first words that come to mind, credit transfer. Uh, first words would be four-year institution articulations. That's a very higher ed phrase, but articulation agreements. 
Erica, credit transfer. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you answer, wait a second. I, I see I was ready to do this, and then I, I, I wasn't ready. Okay, ready? Credit transfer, Erica. I thought I was getting a different word. Oh, I get a timer, too. I thought yeah, I was getting get a different word. The same word. And, but same word, same term. Word. Okay. So credit transfer, like Teresa, I think immediately of community college, and I think of uh, students taking all the great skills that they've learned and moving on to kind of that next level of their educational journey and or career path. Good. Okay. Next one to you first, Erica. Brand. Well, as a marketer by training. I knew you'd you know, like that one, by the way. I, I love that, you know, brand. Um, brand in terms of higher ed is, I think, so important, uh, especially as more um, institutions move their offerings online, the space becomes increasingly important. I think your brand becomes um, even more important as a differentiator and a reason why students choose to pursue their educational journey at your institution. Teresa, brand. Brand, when I think of brand for Harford, uh, I think of uh, affordable, but high quality. That's our brand. Uh, we're affordable, but we don't compromise on the quality of uh, the programs that we offer. We don't compromise on the quality of instruction. Uh, we have excellent faculty that are uh, well-versed in their uh, disciplines and deliver quality education that's on par with any four-year institution. Um, and we're, we're known for delivering on what we say we're going to deliver on. So uh, that's the brand for Harford Community College. Nice, nice. Okay, here we Love go. That. That's a great brand. Mm -hmm. Teresa, your next one is online learning. Online learning. Uh, we, are, we are growing in that space. Obviously, with the uh, pandemic, uh, students and faculty were forced online. Um, and, uh, but what we learned was we can do it. Uh, the faculty can teach online, students can learn online. And so coming out of the pandemic where we were pre-pandemic, about 70% of our courses were face-to-face -face in a classroom, 30% online, we're about 50-50 now. Um, and um, I don't know yet where, where that's going to settle, but I expect that we will be offering more online post-pandemic than we were uh, pre-pandemic. And so again, quality is key. So it's not just a matter of delivering online because we had to, now that we're in that space, uh, we're focusing on ensuring that the quality is there and that our completion for students, successful completion, uh, is also there and, and mirrors the face-to-face -face experience. Erica, online learning. When I think of online learning in terms of AFIT, uh, you know, before the pandemic, we were completely in-person. We had two in-person events every year. Nothing we did was online. And the pandemic really opened our eyes to what's possible online. I know Teresa has uh, sat in on one of our virtual CEO networking sessions, and that was a new thing that emerged for us um, in during the pandemic, was our CEOs value the opportunity to network with each other, use each other as a sounding board, 
Um, and that kind of went away during the pandemic. So we started doing this online every month and uh, it became a really great way for them to learn from each other and navigate their way through the pandemic. And now we continue to get together online to talk about ways to innovate and deal with the big quit and um, you know a million other topics. So online learning, I would say the first word that comes to mind nowadays is possibility. Hmm. Okay, last one. Who goes, uh, Erica, I think you get this one last. Yep. Retention. Retention. So, you know, normally I'm, I'm thinking kind of from our members' point of view, retaining students, but from an AFIT perspective, what, what my goal is, is try to retain our members. And one of the ways that we do that is by making sure that we are offering really timely, relevant learning partners and learning designs. And uh, as I said, you know, with our focus on talent and the future of work centered on happiness and humanity this year, I, I think that retention is going to be really strong this year. So I'm feeling good about the retention piece. Teresa, retention, and I have to hit the timer for you once. Okay. I mean, well, I spent time to download that button, so I got to, you know. Yeah, you got to use it. Uh, of course, when I think of retention, I think of students. Uh, retention is so key. Uh, you know, I talk to our, our faculty and staff about the importance of retaining our students, and I talk to our students about it. I say to them, it's not enough just to start. You have to finish. And I say that to every group of students. And, and so what is needed to ensure that that happens? That means we're, we're about removing every obstacle to completion and adding every support that's needed. Uh, to support our students all the way to completion. So when we think about enrollment, many times we think about recruiting the new student. More importantly, we have to think about retaining the students that we have. And so that's just so key for any institution. And, and it's definitely a focus area for here, for us here at Hartford Community College. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Higher Ed Word Association with your contestants, Teresa and Erica. <laughs> Oh, okay, we're past the gaming uh, time of the Edip Experience episode. Eric, I interrupted you. You were going to ask, I'm sure, a very thoughtful and intelligent question, and I cut you off with a game. Wow, did, did you really expect me to remember my question after all of that fanfare? Yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, yes. Hmm. Um, if, if you don't remember, I, so I surely have many more I can jump in with. And yeah, in. jump in with one of yours, and let me see if that uh, shakes my memory of what, what I was going to ask Teresa. Well, I've got one big one, I think that's probably easy for you to answer, Teresa, but I think really important, going back to our brand mm -hmm. uh, but question and answer, you have the Harford experience up on your website, and mm -hmm. it's a whole section. Right. It's, it's got this focus of the Harford experience, and it's differentiated. What is the Harford experience in your mind, and why do you have it so well-placed in terms or mm -hmm. compartmentalized in terms of it of itself right 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 well joe i think that's because of, of what i said i we want um our potential students to understand that their experience can be customized so what is it that you want out of your experience at harford community college is it again is it something short term uh, as an adult, you're upskilling and you need, you need a short-term certificate. Uh, are you a student that, that wants the full college experience? If so, we've got athletic programs. We have 13 uh, athletic teams, Div Division I competitive teams, uh, over 30 uh, uh, student organizations. 
Um, we've got a beautiful campus with a 3000 seat arena. Uh, we've got an experience for every student. We've got adult education, community education, if you wanna just learn how to cook Japanese food. Uh, we've got it. Uh, so uh, I think it's important for us to highlight the fact that there is a custom experience for everyone that's seeking, um, uh, looking at Hartford Community College. Um, and so that's why we highlight that. Awesome, you remember your question now, Erica? Or I can keep going. Well, I don't wanna make the conversation uh, switch, switch back to the workforce. Um, but, you know, I think personalization, customization that you're talking about, you know, it really speaks to kind of the humanity element of, of mm -hmm. things. And that, that seems to be um, such, a, such a direction that we're moving now after the pandemic, refocusing on our humanity. I think we kind of have a new appreciation for the humanity of our students, of our workforce, because we've all been on Zoom now for two years and we've seen each other's, you know, living rooms and cats walking mm -hmm. across keyboards and stuff. And you're reminded that these aren't just your colleagues, they're not just your students, we're, we're all human at the end right. of the day. Right. And so, you know, I, one of the things that I've been uh, hearing from our members is, you know, as people kind of come back uh, to work, it's been a little challenging because people want maybe more autonomy than they had before. Some people want to come back full time. Others want hybrid. Others want to be remote. Have you had to deal with any um, differences in opinion on how people want to come back and how they want to show up now after all the change and flux that we've been through? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, we had people at home for almost two years. And so while it was maybe a bit jarring to make that quick transition to working from home, people settled into working from home. Our employees settled into that. And then suddenly we said, come back and, um, and come back when the pandemic was still out there. And so uh, we did make some adjustments. We now have a telework policy, uh, telework program where our employees can apply, fill out an application. And as long as we are, uh, uh, able to continue to deliver quality um, and staffing levels at an acceptable level, we have individuals that work from home. Uh, so I do believe that it's important to have a culture that says we care. We not only care about our students and educating our students, but we care about our employees. And so we're, we're listening. What is it that you need? How can I communicate to you that, you that we care and you matter? And we're willing to make the changes and the adjustments uh, to make sure that you're able to do your work in a way that's healthy for you. Uh, we all know that mental health, both for our students and our employees has been challenging in the last couple of years. So uh, we're focused on uh, making sure that we stay in tune with what the needs of our employees are and we're responding appropriately. Mm. It's a tough, it's a tough issue these days, right? Yes. Someone, yes. I was just reading something online and somebody, somebody said, uh, responded on LinkedIn and said the five day work week, eight to five is dead in some people's minds and mm -hmm. that there has to be something else in there. Um, it's harder to give something than it is to take it away. And we were all given something. Right. Um, because of the pandemic. And if you just rip it out of people's hands, especially right. without notice, it's hard. 
Right. It's a hard issue. I know presidents are dealing with all over the country and really every business leader is dealing with. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, we, we have a mission um, and we don't sacrifice our mission. Um, But if we don't put our employees first, we can't care for our students appropriately if we're not first caring for our employees. So um, we are making, we are making again, those adjustments that are necessary to make sure that our employees are healthy and able to then not be distracted uh, because they're frustrated or, or don't have the right balance of work and home, or they're worried or scared uh, about their own health and safety. Uh, they, if, if that's the case for our, our employees, then our students, cannot fully benefit from what we have to offer. So we have to put our people first. Mm, yeah, you it. really hit the nail on the head with that. And and it's it's nice to see a leader and many leaders do, but it's nice to it's nice to see that culture, you know, begin um, you know, f- from the college president and and appreciating the role that the employees play in making um, that possible for students. So Absolutely. I'm really happy to hear that. Sounds like you agree, Erica, right? 100%. Glad to hear it. Excuse me again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Get your voice back on track there. Well, Teresa, you know, we like to end each episode with the uh, same two questions that we ask everyone. Number one, what did we miss about Harford Community College that you might want to say? Anything that's going on, anything that you want to talk about at all, you can plug away for, for as long as you'd like. And then secondly, what do you see as the future of higher education? Mm-hmm. Well, first, um, what are we doing at uh, Harford Community College? You know, I, I just hit my first anniversary here actually in January. So I'm just at a year and, and three months. And um, I came to this county saying, <laughs> thank you, Joe. I came here saying that I want to make an impact on every part of the county. Um, I want to reach the families uh, that are underrepresented in higher ed. I am a first-generation college graduate, and so uh, I uh, really am passionate about the difference that education can make uh, in the lives of not only an individual, but for families, generations to come. And so what we are doing is we're looking at our county and saying, where do we need to put our focus? And there is a particular part of this county in this region where uh, we found that families needed more than they were receiving from the college. So we're taking education and training to those areas. We were very fortunate to get a gift, a, a million and a half dollar gift from the Ratcliffe uh, Foundation. And so we're doing training uh, in the part of the county that uh, has the the lowest income levels, practical training that leads directly into jobs and construction and warehousing and logistics. Uh, And we're teaching individuals how to drive a forklift. Uh, And they're getting employed uh, in those jobs. Um, And again, as I said, that, that may be a starting place, but we're also going to build pathways Uh, to other opportunities. So maybe I drive a forklift today, but I wanna be a manager tomorrow. And so what other opportunities? How do we continually uh, maintain a relationship with these folks and build their skill level so that they become more and more upwardly mobile? So we're doing that work. We wanna duplicate that work in other parts of the county and in this region to make sure we're having an economic impact on the entire county 
but we're impacting families to make sure that they are uh, more secure in their uh, their ability to generate an income that's sustainable for their family. So, so that's some of the work that we're focused on here at the college. Um, and so that, and, and again, that's, that's really critical to me, again, as a first generation student, I believe very graduating student, I believe very strongly in the power of education and the ability to, to change lives. So, so that's really important. And then Joe, what was your second question? What do you see as the future of what higher education? What do I see education? as the future? Yes, absolutely. I, um, I believe that institutions that uh, are uh, willing to adapt and challenge the way they're doing things, those are the institutions that will survive. I think we have to unbundle our programs and think about offering uh, uh, training and education and smaller bites for those that need it. Certainly not everyone does, but we do have, we have a population that will not go take that linear pathway straight through an education program. So um, we need to be focused on outcomes, not just our traditional time and seats, uh, but what's the outcome the student is seeking? What do they already know? And let's give them credit for what they know and then build on that and fill in those gaps. Again, um, uh, I, I think we have to be workforce focused. What is it? What are the jobs of today and tomorrow? And how do we uh, prepare our community, our families, our students, coming out of high school or our working adults? How do we prepare them for the jobs? And we have to continue to listen and be in touch with our business community in order to do that. So we've gotta be more flexible. We've gotta offer programs at the times that are needed, in the modalities that are needed, whether that's online or face-to-face -face or hybrid, a mix of both, um, and the programs that are needed. Uh, and for institutions that will be adaptable and flexible uh, and in tune with uh, what the community needs and what our customer, our students want and are prepared for when we can bring everyone to the table uh, and be that hub uh, for innovation. Those are the institutions that will be healthy as we move forward into the future. Hartford Community Fire. College will be one of those institutions. Fire, fire, fire. She's on fire, ladies and gentlemen. Just get a hand, Teresa, the microphone. She can just take over from now on. <laughs> I mean, I love the, I love how articulate you are about that vision uh, for higher ed, and I think you're so right on with what's happening. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, th this. I, I know I said that was my final question, but I feel like I want to ask you one more. Um, sure. You are um, a female, and African-American woman in a very mm -hmm. high position of authority in higher education. You're also very few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's not as many black women at, at, at the highest uh, level. And I've talked to previous um, uh, black women that have come on uh, this show about you know representation and mm -hmm. what you're doing to help develop a pipeline of other leaders uh you know in in the black uh community sure. uh, because i know it's an important give back for for those that i've talked with right well i think it's important and i appreciate the opportunity that you're giving me uh, because i think it's important to be visible uh and to be heard um i um I've looked at uh, some of the folks that, that you've had on in the past, like a, a Darion Pollard. You know, I've watched her uh, and I've, uh, she's a, a, 
a mentor to me in that I'm watching what she does and how she does it. And uh, I heard her on your show recently and again was inspired. Um, there's others just like her that have mentored me from afar or been very uh, purposeful about mentoring. And so I pass that on. Uh, I feel the responsibility to mentor those that are coming up behind me. Um, and I'll continue to do that. But I want to be visible with a message of, I did this, I never, I, my undergrad degree is in accounting. I was an accountant <laughs> for many years. That, that screams higher ed president, doesn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. I, I did not have higher ed on my, on my radar. And I, it was a, a really windy pathway to get here. Uh, but I feel like I, when, once I found community colleges and I understood the mission of a community college and I realized the students were me, um, I felt a responsibility to give back um, because uh, again, education made such a, a difference in my life. So, so I'm mentoring other women of color um, that have that same desire to make an impact and believe strongly that education is the way to do it. Thank you for, for that. I, I uh, didn't want to let you get away without that because I know that's such an important uh, a piece, especially when we're dealing with community colleges and the multicultural majority that is hmm. going to be the majority as we right. move forward, that we have uh, we have people of color in all positions that matter uh, to be reflective of the student body. Let's right. just right. say it like it is, right? It's very important. I, I actually, Joe, I asked that question of a student recently. I went to a class uh, as a guest lecturer and um, I asked the students, how can we make an impact? How can we improve retention? How can we ensure that every student is successful? And one of my students said, I need to see instructors that look like me. She was an African-American female and representation is important. Um, and so I told her my story um, that she can do it, uh, that there are examples of women that look just like her that are successful and she can be, if she's not seeing it, she can make it a goal that she's that person uh, for someone else. But certainly that's something that we're working on to ensure that our, uh, that we, we are representing the students that we teach, uh, that we're serving. Uh, and that's important. It really is. It makes a difference in uh, the sense of belonging for students. So uh, that's something that we're working on. Well, I don't usually change my format too much, but when I do, it's very important to have a piece of conversation that I meant to ask about, but then just didn't, didn't because I'm discombobulated over here. But uh, we had, I think, an incredible conversation, uh, fun, insightful, yes. uh, amazing. I first want to uh, thank my amazing guest co-host. Uh, you heard her voice a couple of times. 100%. There she is again, Erica Leodis. She is Executive Director for the Alliance for Innovation and Transformation in Higher Education, better known as AFIT. Erica, thanks for coming on again. Joe, thanks for having me today. And Teresa, it's been so inspiring hearing about your leadership style. You know, we've known each other a little bit here and there through our, yeah. our work together at AFIT, but um, it was really interesting getting to hear more from you and, and hear about the questions that you're asking and how you're taking mm -hmm. that, that knowledge and really making a difference at Harford Community College. I also wanted to wish you a happy anniversary. I know it's a couple months belated, but um, happy anniversary on your, uh, you said it was your one year work anniversary recently in the yeah. 
presidency. So happy anniversary. And, you know, thanks for all of the work that you're doing. Um, I, you know, I say every day that community colleges change lives and I feel very fortunate to be working in this space. And, you know, it's, it's people like you that are making such a difference. So thank you for everything well, that you do. Thank you, Erica. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you again. And yes. uh, I want to say thank you to you for the work that you do and, and leading AFED and the great work. Uh, I, it was a, probably three years ago, I sat in on my first session when I was at another institution and you're making such a difference in the support that you bring to community college, community colleges and the innovation that you encourage. So thank you so much for, the, for your work. Thank you. Well, there she is, ladies and gentlemen. She said it all. She brought the fire. Her name is Dr. Teresa Felder and she is president of Harvard Community College. Teresa, we hope you had a good edit experience today. Absolutely. And they had fun. Thank you, Joe. It's been a great time with you. I, I did have a lot of fun. And it's always a pleasure to talk about what I'm passionate about. So thank you for the opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed up. It's time to go live at Lucian Live 2022 in Denver, Colorado, April 10th through 13th at the Denver Convention Center. Discover the innovative solutions, transformative insights, and strong connections to help you lead through change. Register at elucian.com slash elucianlive and catch Elvin and I recording on-site live. We can't wait to see all of you. It's time.